Welcome to another episode of the Culture of Safety podcast. How are you doing today, Joe? I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day outside. You know what I just thought is, should I introduce, should we introduce ourselves like every time? Like, I'm Matt, one of your hosts. Well, nobody knows that listens to you. I know, I, but I feel like I've, I haven't said my name on this podcast since like episode two or three, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, because usually when I say, I go, hey, how's it going, Matt? Okay. So maybe I, tell, you I, I introduce you, but nobody cares about you. They only care about me. I know. But everybody knows your name. You're Crazy Joe. Crazy Joe. That's right. Um, so today we have uh, cranes as our topic, right? Oh, We're going to yeah, talk a cranes. little bit about crane safety, some of the stuff we've dealt with in, uh, with cranes and whatever else. It's going to be all crane related. Cranes, like the big bird with the with the wings, the white big white. Is that the one that delivers babies? That's a stork. <laughs> I believe that's a cousin of the stork. <laughs> the crane is the cousin. Oh, I'm just I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't go to school for, you know, knowing about animals, but I mean, <laughs> no zoologist. Yeah. So I think cranes is a, is a good topic because in our industry, of course, cranes are pretty prevalent. Oil and gas. I would gas, say in any industry. That's, oh, where, that's where I was yeah. headed. And in, in most industries, um, cranes are usually associated somehow at some point. Right. You're lifting heavy stuff. Most most processes, most companies use some type of either a gantry crane or you know mobile crane, hydro crane. I mean, there's there's so many different types of cranes. And uh, I know one of the things that a lot of people have actually got a lot of calls for recently are, uh, I forgot what they're called. I don't know if they're if they're exactly called auto cranes, but they're truck mounted, truck yeah. mounted cranes. And, and they're like smaller ones. They're smaller ones. And I know there's a lot of limitations that you can have with those and training and, and certification and stuff yep. like that so i mean let's talk about the big stuff right gantry cranes and like hydro cranes and you know obviously those big big cranes that take like three trucks to build those are always fun yeah, oh yeah like the really big uh lattice boom cranes lattice all those booms so i don't have a whole lot of experience in those types of cranes or the types that build like skyscrapers where literally tower, the crane cranes. Is tower cranes yeah i haven't um got to deal with those yet maybe someday but i hope uh, i hope not i i had a those things look crazy i had an interview with uh, osha several years ago and they asked me they had asked me like some how to max how to max out you know a load on the on the tower crane and i was like i have no clue i've never dealt with a tower crane before but yeah. you know because well, where we live we don't really have a lot of skyscrapers no they so. don't we don't have skyscrapers <laughs> this was actually in fresno where they do have a lot of oh, okay. so i guess it was relevant to that and i was just like honestly like i have no clue like i studied i literally studied everything in all of osha's books you know the even the electrical standards everything and they managed to ask me all the questions i didn't know i was like i don't know what that is i don't know why man i am not doing too well this but i mean i was, think they try to ask like very unique uncommon questions i've heard that at least here like like this these departments around yeah us. so I'm, i i like i said I, I walked out of there feeling like like i got i mean i did get some you know some of the, the cancer stuff but a lot of the crane questions that were specifically to you know the tower cranes i was like i have no clue i've never dealt with that before yeah, I've seen one fall a couple times on the internet. That and doesn't I've look like some fun. Videos when like it gets windy or something, and one of them comes down. That's crazy. I remember, ah oh, man. Okay, this is this is dating myself. This was back in twenty sixteen. Like yeah, I remember it was. I want to say it was in L.A. They had a fire on a construction site because we know construction sites don't have fire extinguishers for some stupid reason. But they had a fire on, they were building a, a sky rise and they had a, a fire at the base and they had to literally spin the tower crane in circles to cool it off. If not, it would have the metal would have expanded and it would have failed. And it would have, now you have not just a big fire, but now you have, you know, several hundred ton, ton crane falling down on top of people. That's crazy. I didn't yeah, you have, I'll have to go look up the, the, the video on it. But it, I remember it was just insane. It was 
was just a big like you know construction site with a big tower crane up top and then the the, the tower crane would just spin and just cool off the the, the metal and i was like oh wow this is dangerous yeah so I don't know much about those cranes, so we're not going to talk about those cranes today. Uh, the thing that I've dealt with most, and I think I, I see a lot more in construction, is like mobile cranes. Yep. Uh, that can hydro cranes. Or hydro cranes, the big, the, the big, like looks like a diesel truck, and then it's got a flatbed, and then it's got the big crane on the backside. Exactly. Those are pretty common in our industry, and and I think in a lot of construction industries, just because construction moves and yeah, those are mobile, and you can pick up stuff up and yeah. heavy objects. So those are what I do. I know that both of us have probably dealt with the most. Um, and there's a lot of hazards and stuff that come into play when you have a, a mobile crane like that. And well, a lot yeah. of different training and certifications and not anybody can just run those cranes anymore like back in the day. Yeah, so. back in the day, you, if you, if, literally it's just like the old, old boy system, hey, I wanna learn how to use that. All right, cool, at the end of the day, here you get an hour of time. You get to sit there in a, you know, an open field with nothing around and you get to learn. And then once you felt comfortable and you could show that your manager, you can use it, Boom, there you go, you're ready to go. And But nowadays, now you have to have certifications and I don't wanna say licenses, but you have to have an actual like individual card that says that you've you've actually passed tests in order of the size of crane that you're actually able to use. Yeah, like in the United States, it's most commonly, it's, it's NCCCO is the certification that they get federally to operate a crane yep. within the United States, certain types. There's small cranes and a large crane that mm -hmm. have swing cabs or there's fixed cabs. There's different types of licenses that you can get, but not just like, anybody can go it's operate like a truck. A crane. Yeah, like exactly. like trucking. You can have has. You can get a doubles license. You can get a hazmat license. You can get a tanker you can license. Get a triples. And, or they're endorsements, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean it's the same. It's similar a same, concept. Yeah, same concept. You want to move up, pass the test, and you're you're good to go. But yeah, I mean, I would say that honestly. I've had a lot of experience with those types of cranes and the hazards. And I mean, obviously one of the big ones we talk about, especially in our industry is overhead power lines. And for, I would say maybe 80% of, maybe 90% of the work that most places that I've ever done, dealt with, cranes are, are your bread and butter. You're gonna go, you're gonna lift your crane, you're gonna have piping or you know deliveries, whatever it is that you're using the crane to lift. You're gonna put it out there, and and for the most part, it's it's generally safe. Obviously, you want to keep people away from you know the the impact suspended zone, loads and suspended stuff. loads and stuff like that. But every once in a while, they'll they'll throw a good challenge curveball at us, and now we have to do a pick. Well, a pick is lifting up a a, a load mm -hmm. near overhead power lines, and that's when it becomes scary because you can only go one direction, and it's it's very it's very nerve wracking because literally one small mistake and and it could end in disaster yeah and osha has stuff uh in place that if overhead cranes are working near power lines you have this distance for this much voltage and yep. calculations that you can figure out and i've dealt with a lot of situations like that where we've actually had to contact and have the power line shut off yeah have them shut down or have and... them blanketed or there's there's different options that you can do to to um like reduce that exposure there but definitely power lines and cranes coming into contact are not a good idea. Yeah, it's never it's never a good idea. And it's really important that I've always told people because a lot of people don't really understand cranes and they don't really know a lot of the hazards, but I always tell them the big thing with cranes is anybody on the job site has the ability to stop the crane, no matter what. If you think something's wrong or you think the pick is, whatever it is, whatever your concern is, especially on cranes, always stop people because the the room for failure you know it's not like if we drop something it's oh it's gonna you know cause a, a minor injury right if no there's no first aid injuries with cranes a lot of its fractures recordables or even fatalities depending on you know what what the situation is so i always tell people look if you're dealing with a crane 
cranes are right next to welders. If you're dealing with a crane, make sure all your ducks are in a row. Make sure that you think of every bad thing that could possibly happen while working with that vehicle because, I mean, I've seen it where we've lost loads. We've lost, we've pushed loads off the side of things and dropped loads. And I remember there's a story where they were offloading pipe and the, the pipe actually broke. And actually, so he was lifting, he was lifting a man. I want to say it was a 20 inch pipe, 20 inch pipe off the back of a, a flatbed or it was actually a, a, yeah, a flatbed. And when he lifted it up, he, the, I guess the operator didn't check the slings. The sling snapped, broke obviously. And then it hit the, the, um, the low, uh, the back of the the truck. The trailer, yeah. It hit the corner and it rolled, and it actually landed on a guy and and obviously crushed and killed him. And I, I was like, God, wow, man. it's so yeah, it's it. I mean, obviously those aren't everyday occurrences, but you know, there's there's so many different points of failure on a crane. That's why it's super important that we do daily inspections and and things like that. Not just that. So cranes are. I mean, that's that's exactly right. But uh, not only not just that, but. <laughs> Uh, they have, like you said, like they have so many points of failure because um, the crane operator is not just looking at his crane, right? He has to pay attention to how is he attaching it to the load, what's right. the rigging in between. Every single piece of hardware that gets used from that load to your crane has to meet some kind of requirement, right? You have to find the weakest point, the weakest link in yep. your system and determine and make sure that that's strong enough uh, to pick whatever that load is. So it's a lot of work to be a crane operator. Picks have to be planned out fairly well, and you have to make sure you know what you're doing. Because rigging, uh, I'm in the process of right now of revamping our entire rigging program for my company, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a lot of math, and there's a lot of angles, and things reduce quickly in uh, lifting capacity. Yes, and you have to understand like the D and D rule, and you have to understand uh, sling and angles. No, not not okay. and Dragons. like the diameter of the cable yes. versus the diameter of the load. But uh, there's a lot of things that you have to try and remember. And when you're dealing with so many different types of loads and equipment, because you have chains and slings and synthetic, and you have all these different types that it can be overwhelming. And so you need to make sure that you have references there and material there to back your stuff up. But. That, I mean, that makes that makes really good sense. And one of the things that I've done before is when I, we're training our, our swampers, riggers, whatever you want to call them, uh, we, we give them, they have at least six months of tenure within the company before we allow, even if you've worked at a different company, I think it, it drops down to like maybe two and a half, three months before we allow you to get certified through us. Because a lot of, like you said, the math, the amount of involvement that you have and the amount of safety that is so core to somebody who's, who's properly rigging this device. Mm -hmm. It's 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 so high that a lot of people like you. You can't just throw some random. Hey, well, you're gonna learn how to swamp today, and he's like, I don't care. It's not a, like a half-assed job. You have to be diligent and and do all the key steps because, like you said, if the wire rope isn't in good condition or it's or damaged in a certain way, or if you even if you sling it up wrong, I mean, you and I both know stories of people slinging up things wrong, and then it gets through the hook. And now you've lost a load, and probably you either hurt somebody or cause a lot of property damage. Yep. I don't know if I told the story where I had a near miss this wasn't that long ago but there was an employee that hooked something up and you have a four leg chain i don't know if you know what that is but yep. there's one big d-ring and then four chains that come off of it mm -hmm. <clears throat> and on the tag it said like i think it said fifteen thousand was a lifting maximum lifting capacity fifteen thousand pounds so he assumed that each leg Man, was fifteen thousand pounds and he actually ended up maxing out the sling and busting it wow luckily they have other stuff in place where like the load doesn't really come off of like more than six to 12 inches off the ground. Right. And nobody's there when it's being moved. He's just moving it across the room. But, uh, cause this is a bridge crane. Okay. But, um, still like 
I mean, it damaged the the load. To, even it's like a fifteen thousand pound box dropping on the ground a foot that has a lot of sensitive stuff inside of it. But in anyways, like understanding that that tag doesn't mean each leg. It means and he's been rigging trained like from a third party that's like certified. You know, what I mean, right. like they, they're a crane company, but things can still happen. Yeah, and people so make need, yeah. people make judgment errors all the time, and and that's why it's it's very crucial and i've seen this a lot it's kind of like welders you know like i said they're prima donnas but a lot of them have that where they select they select their swamper because yeah. it's 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 literally a team you yeah. know you if i don't trust. trust you i mean yeah i'm gonna be nervous every time i do a pick every time i'm lifting something i'm like oh man i hope this guy did a good job or i'm gonna have to spend that extra time to go double check your work and, and most people don't like doing that mm-hmm. you know i'm not a micromanager i'm like hey are you competent in doing your job yeah okay make sure you show me so that i can i can trust you because yep. if i can't trust you then you can't be on my team yeah and then on top of that the crane operator has to figure out his own math because the farther he gets yeah. from his crane the, di- the difference of his boom angle there's so many variables that play into cranes. Yeah. It's, I think it's one of the biggest reasons they're so they can be so dangerous and hazardous to employees. Yeah, it's it's and not just that, but all the materials that you're carrying. You know, a lot of the, a lot of this stuff isn't easy for us. If we're using a crane, it's obviously not easy to put into place, right? Because mm-hmm. it would just be okay. We're going to put it right here, and that's and that's it. A lot of them are lifting over process equipment, or they're moving it in such a way that it's very very difficult. Where you can you can't just keep it level to the ground. You have to li- lift it up. You know, nine. 10, 15 oh, yeah. feet. So, so stuff we have to lift 30, 40 feet, 50 feet, 60 feet, like way up in the air. Yeah. And you know, obviously <laughs> distance times gravity, you're going to have a lot of force when that thing comes down. And uh, we've actually had it where, I mean, I don't know if it's technically a crane, but we had uh, a vehicle flip over into a, a ditch and they had two uh, wreckers. So, you know, like um, for big rigs. Big uh-huh. big wreckers and dude, I tell you what, I should I should put the footage online, man. It is amazing. He's saying like a five million dollar truck. There's two five million dollar trucks, and they're literally lifting a, a piece of equipment out of, out of this ditch. A massive piece of equipment. A massive piece of equipment out of this out of this sump or whatever, and it literally just just uprighted it like it was nothing. And he you know he, he did the same thing. So I got to calculate, make sure all the angles, and and I was like, wow, that's that's crazy because we couldn't just use a regular crane. Yeah. You know, a lot of people like to do what's called a double pick. So you have two cranes Super and they, they do like a like a simultaneous lift, mm-hmm. which is you know, obviously kind of dangerous in itself. But yeah, using using these super wreckers, man, it was insane. And I tell you what, I've, I've never, I haven't seen them since then. But having them just on the job site was impressive because literally that thing was like you could have a TV show based on that. It, everything <laughs> was just brand spanking new and shiny. I'm like, wow. He goes, yep, this is our, this is our like flagship vehicle, and he was super proud of it. And I was like, hey man, that's that's a that is a really nice truck. I wonder what the ROI on that equipment is, dude. To oh, get that, I'm sure <laughs> to get that payment. I'm back. sure it was. Well, he he said that he'd been in business for you know thirty something years, and he's always wanted one. And he's like, you know, I got the money, I'm gonna buy two. And he said he makes he makes pretty de- he pretty decent money using it. So they get called all over the state for those. Yeah, he's I would think that you'd have to have a bigger area to service because. Yeah. I'm sure not jobs where they need that specifically are coming yeah. up all the time every day. People dumping equipment into into ditches. <laughs> I know we've I've encountered the same situation where we had to call pretty big cranes in, but it wasn't one of those where we had forklifts go off the side of like hills or something. Yeah, but those things are pretty heavy, like a heavy piece of equipment. So yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. A dangerous I thing. mean, lifting MCC station motor control centers, uh, boxes and stuff like that. A lot of that stuff is super heavy, and you have to get those really really big cranes to lift stuff over 
tanks and piping and yeah. you know all that stuff um one of the things that i kind of really wanted to you know obviously talk really in depth about was obviously you know the importance of i i think it's important to have continuous training for riggers you know our swampers the people that you know work on those loads yeah the, the crane operator we should do training with them as well but obviously not everybody has the, the ability to to teach at that level but one of the things that i've done before is we had every three months all of our swampers would go through and they would take like just like a follow-up kind of test just to make sure that their their ability to understand the materials like you said you know having that four-legged d-ring do you know how to properly ring because you can't just throw them all in one direction you, there's a proper way to sling it up because mm -hmm. if you sling it up wrong then you're you're going to side load your d-ring and all this other stuff so we actually did not continuous testing but we did periodic testing just to make sure like hey you know how to you know how to do this and actually stand from one of the accidents that we had was that we were finding a lot of um like not damaged but like worn worn slings and we're like why why are you guys leaving them on the trucks and like oh well it's still good and, well, <laughs> you you trust you know a fifty thousand pound load you know near you with the with a damage a slightly damaged sling like no thanks i'm good nope i'm good no that's a that's a really good best practice just kind of following up because of the amount that they have to try and retain and even if you don't do that thing maybe once every few months like that specific type of rigging you definitely want someone following up with you and making sure that you're keeping it fresh. Well, that's that's goes back to one of the things that we've talked about before was, you know, we'd have this thing where it, it wasn't the first time we did a task, but it was an infrequent task. And mm -hmm. if it was what I want to say, what, five or six, six months? months yeah. yeah, within six months, you hadn't done it. You know, you would have to we would, we would elevate it and have like a, a whole separate, you know, safety procedure just to make sure that we understand how to follow the SOP and stuff like that, because obviously infrequent tasks are our higher likelihood of you know causing damage or injury and stuff like that it goes For back sure. to the human you know the human performance type of issues yeah i don't know have we talked at all about human performance oh, we need to maybe we'll make that our next episode we should probably make that an episode yeah i probably could do man now especially now maybe we could bring somebody in too no that sounds dumb <laughs> <laughs> They'll make they'll make us pay them. No, not <laughs> not that. Maybe just somebody that deals with them. Maybe they're a trainer for HP all the time or something. I don't yeah. Know. Um. All right. So, what about you? Have any like uh, situations that really like stories that have happened or that you've seen happen? You kind of mentioned a couple already. Huh, yeah. The... Like I said, we've had a couple where they were either like really close to power lines. Um. Those are like I said. Those are always the no most nerve wracking ones. Um working near you know public roads that's always a difficult one as well um as far as cranes i mean man i could i could probably go on for days i've had cranes where we've had to lift people in um those are those are fun i don't know if you've ever been in a crane in a crane box heck no dude i'll just get an aerial <laughs> lift or give me a ladder or something i'm not trying to get in one of those it, it was actually pretty interesting it, i mean obviously we we had a lot of safety in it and if you've ever been offshore that's that's an old school way of doing or a new school way of doing it. it used to have a swing rope and some of them still do but a lot of them have um it's called a frog and it's like a little collapsible buoy and then when they when they um when they raise it up it it um it like gets solid and then you can you can grab onto it and sit or sit in it and they lift you up with a crane that's one of the cool ways that's i think the first way i got onto a, a rig was uh with uh it was called a frog and i forgot the other one ever someone's gonna call me and like hey joe it's this you dummy i'm like yeah, i forgot they don't use them too often anymore because the other ones they as soon as as soon as you step off they like fall apart like fall apart yeah so so the way it works is the crane holds the top 
and there's no weight on the bottom. You're the weight. So as soon as you get off, the thing the, the thing collapses. So you have. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I for, <laughs> I for, I'm, I'm kicking myself. I forgot the name of it. I've only been on it like maybe like two or three times because they they've pretty much like gotten rid of them across the board. At least here in, in California, most of the places don't use them anymore, just because like I said, once you once you step off. If you don't step off correctly, you can roll your ankle. And remember, too, if you're getting off onto the boat, that boat's going up and down. So you kind of have to, like, do a judgment. Even even the swing rope, they're hardly even doing – trying to get rid of those, too, because people have fallen into the water. I remember a couple of times we had people get really close to falling in the water. I'm like, hey, man, go reach out and grab him. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything offhand. I mean, I've had um, – I've had cranes where we were lifting material and the wind kicked up and we had to like, literally it, it was just a, the top part of a tank and it was made of plastic so they can remove it and do a lot of work a lot easier. And as soon as the wind kicked up to 20 miles an hour, it turned into a kite and, you know, start dragging the crane, <laughs> lower your load, lower your load. He's like, no, it's going to kick it into the air. I'm like, oh yeah, make it make, make sense. Hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as actual incidents, no, I remember I just, you know, maybe close calls. I've had people where we were, we were putting in uh, process equipment and we had a bunch of electricians, you know, camp out underneath one of the, the loads. And then we had a customer come out and find out that was a bad situation. It was just, it was just parked or they were underneath the load. So they were like at the end of the the end of the crane the the flatbed part uh -huh. there was like right next to it was like that's where the electricians had parked and so as they were lifting up the process equipment if if the any part of it had failed it could have like bounced down and hit them or oh, the truck really so there was like that that i mean we're talking small potential but um i would say one of the big problems that i have seen is not with cranes themselves it's everybody else for the most part most crane crews are pretty good it's people that work around the crane exactly crews that become, talk about. become the problem. So especially when you have someone who doesn't know what they're doing and they think, oh, I can, take a, I can take a load off a clip. And they grab the clip and they slide it off and then they drop it from a height. That sounds like a great idea. Hey, let's drop this 50-pound you know, uh, gasket and let it fall to 25, 30 feet. Right, screw everybody underneath. Hmm. We've had a couple. I haven't have had that specifically, but I know another customer that we worked with uh, in tandem. They had that situation where they were lifting up some gear up to the top of a tank so they can do work. And as he removed the 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 straps from the latch that that that's on the crane, mm -hmm. it slipped through his hand. And then, like I said, that is like a that fifty pound. It, was a, it wasn't a gasket; it was a flange. But yeah, the fifty pound uh, flange f fell down, like I said, thirty feet, something like that, and actually landed near a couple of people. And they were like, "Oh, so it was kind of a big deal for them." No, yeah, I think I remember that. I see that. I saw like a report go out yeah, for report, that too. Yeah, uh, a couple of things that I was going to talk about, just some big ones that I've learned over the years. So, I, like, I currently work with a, you, a company lot of different cranes. that that mainly deals with cranes, and um, some of our mobile cranes. I think they're pretty big, but maybe like 120 ton, ton, 125 ton cranes, 120 ton cranes. Um, they're pretty big for mobile cranes. I know yeah. there's a lot bigger ones. But, yeah, um, but for, some, for most practical uses, you're not yeah. going to need something that big. No, um, but some big things are kind of what you were talking about right now uh, with other people working around. So I don't know if you remember, but last year there was a fatality uh, that was not too far from here and the company that does the exact same thing we do. And um, <clears throat> what happened was they set up their around their crane to protect their their guys, their crane crew, right? Mm -hmm. They know that 
the the crane crew was it was their exclusion zone, which is like the area you set up for nobody to enter when the lift is occurring. Right. Was big enough um, so that if the load failed and dropped straight down, it wouldn't kill anybody. Right. It wouldn't hit anybody. It would just damage whatever equipment. And that's However, fine. they did not take into account what if the crane failed and the boom on the crane actually fell failed and fell outside of the exclusion zone and actually struck somebody and killed them. Oh, and wow. that person didn't even work for the same contractor. He huh? was on site doing electrical work. And so it's one of the things that uh, us as a business really looked at like, hey, we, we take into account the load all the time, but do we always take into account like what's gonna happen if the boom fails? Is somebody else gonna get struck or am I in a safe area where I'm standing away from the load that it's not gonna crush me? Uh, because your exclusion zone cha can change significantly when you think about that Ooh, yeah. and how far away it needs to be to keep people safe. Um, so that was one of the big things that we learned, uh, unfortunately from a fatality, it wasn't from us, but right. it was from a similar company. What's well, better to learn from other people's mistakes than your own? Yeah. And we've had some of our own. Well, I mean, <laughs> everybody's had some accidents. It's, yeah. It, like I've, I've run into companies that say they've had no incidents in 10 years. And it, immediately as a theory refresh, I'm like, you're going to openly say that. You're going to go around telling people that? Okay. So you're just you're just a known liar now. And in my mind, oh, yeah, we've been 10 years without an incident. Oh, Okay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds legit. No incidents in ten years. And you're a big company, even small companies. The company that uh, I, one of the companies that I manage, there are fifteen guys, twenty guys, not even that, and they've already had two or three incidents. No injuries, luckily, but they've had a bunch of incidents, yeah. small little things. But I'm like, oh, you're a big company, and you've had no incidents in ten years. Hmm, I could smell the bullshit from here. <laughs> Well, but, we're going to have to label this explicit now? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I'll bleep it out. Eh, you guys are all adults. I'm pretty sure there's no seven-year-olds listening to safety podcasts. I want to be a safety guy. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things I thought was like a good best practice or a good thing that I've learned over time was um, people that work around cranes a lot. I mean, it's probably similar in all industries, probably electricity and everything. Sometimes they can get really comfortable. Oh, yeah. They get very complacent. Around that hazard, right? And one thing I saw a lot when I came to this company, which is mainly cranes, is a lot of people were really comfortable around suspended loads, and they would come up to them, never underneath them. Everybody knows don't go underneath. You don't go underneath the load, but that load is still dangerous if you're two feet away from it. Like anything could happen. You don't know how that sling is going to fail. If that if a chain sling fails with a sixty thousand pound load on it, what do you think the force of that chain? when it fails if it hits you is going to be like it's it's going to be a pretty significant force behind that chain right and and the i think one thing that i've learned in in my safety experience is not just people who are very comfortable with cranes but there's just man i i've learned that there's some kind of a weird maybe you might be able to explain this because you know you deal with cranes more but there's some kind of a weird the metal the metal on the crane is very magnetic. So as soon as you attach it to a load, people just have their this tendency to put their hand on it. It's just like people magnet. People love to touch it. Oh man, I won't go touch that. I, I am touching 30,000 pounds. Like, do you feel happy? Like I don't, I, that's one of the things that I've noticed right away is as soon as the load's up in the air, hey, let's all go touch this. Mm -hmm. Like, no, we're not taking selfies with a suspended load. Stay away from it. Yeah, it's one of the things that you really have to train even new guys. Like we're, we have to be really on top of the new guys, especially like our, our mentors in the field. Like you stay away from the load until it is on the ground or until it's as low as it possibly can get before you have to go up to it. And you don't approach loads that are moving because people just love to go up and put their hand yeah, on load. Yeah, hey, 30,000 pounds in my hand. Let me yeah, just walk. They, they you have, isn't that what you were telling us about earlier that you had an incident when you were first starting out that you, you were working with a suspended load and it like shifted and it hit your hand or something like that? That was you, a little you different. You cried a little bit? I did cry a little bit. It <laughs> broke my knuckle, but uh, that was a little different. That Yeah, but he was holding a... It was actually an in-service pipeline that we were lifting and placing 
cement blocks. Doesn't matter. It's still a crane, right? But yeah. It was. It was actually even worse. It was a backhoe that we used to sling. Oh on. wow. <laughs> okay. I know what you're talking about. When the, back in the day when I was working, they have the little D ring that you attach. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, we did Got stuff this. a little different, and uh, yeah. We didn't have cranes really. We used whatever we had available. Yeah, that's, that uh, that incident management you told me about is starting to see a little bit more suspicious. <laughs> Safety? What's that? Yeah, I mean, it had a little a little attachment on it. It was fine. We had no clue how much it could lift. We were just lifting whatever it was. Yeah, lift, it's but... like, hey, th- this looks like it's rated. Oh, the front tires are lifting up. Let's go put some dirt in the bucket in the front yeah, and see if we can go. lift hey, some more. It's it's <laughs> counterbalance, right? That works. No. Okay. I mean, cranes add weight in the back sometimes in order to make them yeah. increase their load. Yeah, lifting I've, capacity. I've, I remember now that you now you you mentioned that. I remember dealing with one crane that specifically was like that, and I just remember it took three and a half days to set up. It was one of those where they had to go and they had like three different trucks mm-hmm. pulling the weights and they had to go and put the the whole inspections and man I remember I just remember that right now I'm like man that was a, that was a whole process we I have cranes like that, that too that we have trucks designed to hold the weights for the crane for the crane and then you drive it separate. it doesn't take three days though but yeah if that if whatever that load is going to be is going to require more lifting capacity yeah then that truck will go out there with the crane. And then he'll load the weights on, but it takes. Ours no, are pretty small, so it takes. No, this like was a, a like a truss, so they had it came in like three or four different pieces, that's and a lot. they laid it down. Ours are just they put giant them all together, weights. and then like the second day they put in the weights, and then they had an inspector come in and check oh, out yeah, everything. No, yeah, it was different. nuts. That's a lot. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, but it was like it was reaching. You know, it was a it was a um a power plant, so they were oh, pulling okay. out the they were pulling out the magnet the mag the magnet out so they can they can resurface it and all that other stuff. So, I mean, it was it it's really interesting how how i mean it's funny a lot of cranes people don't really think about you know how how often cranes are in many many industries and you know i think i think you make a good point that a lot of people get very complacent a lot of people just think oh it's just common and i would say for most most of my experience besides the people right the things that i find most wrong is the slings yeah people either they're damaged or they're covered in oil or some type of lubricant or some type of material that they spray. Um, I also see a lot of like people don't know what what they're doing. You know, ask them, hey, well, what kind of what kind of um, what kind of a strap are you using? Oh, I don't know. Well, what, what kind of what's the sling configuration? Is you know, is it a choker? Is it this? Is it, I don't know. Okay, well, what 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 do you know? Oh, I'm just lifting up this pipe with this, you know, or this tool with this gantry crane, and obviously the weakest point is that that you know sling that, that sling that they just choked that the, reduced the capacity the, by like thirty percent or something. Yeah. Oh, and it's covered in like six different <laughs> like lubricants and grease, and you know because they're servicing the tool that goes down hole, and they're lubing everything up, and you know obviously there's a lot of splashback onto that. There's paint, and I'm like, so do you know what that's rated for? Uh, no. So you're lifting a device, you're using a device, you don't know what it's rated for. If it falls, and you know, it's the tool's maybe six, seven hundred pounds, but they're lifting it five feet. That'll easily crush your toes. Oh, yeah. Easily. I think one of the other things that really, I mean, it's it's a good thing to have, but at the same time, I think it develops bad habits. And that's because everything in lifting, because of the amount of incidents that have happened, they've built in these huge safety factors. So what happens is employees, they get away with it because they're lifting stuff they shouldn't be, yeah. and it works. Mm-hmm. But it's because they built in these safety factors, and so then I think it almost encourages them, like, oh, okay, like it worked last time, I've done it'll it before. work again. Yeah, we're good. And so it's it's like it's it's good having those safety factors there. Like, good, thank goodness they're there. But at the same time, it, I think it, if you're not careful, it really encourages employees 
to have bad behaviors because they can get away with it. That's, uh, that's I probably would say probably be the biggest hazard of cranes, not just obviously the whole the engineering factor of that, but like you said, just managing how to properly manage your employees because obviously you you know as well as I do, we've already talked about people wanted to touch it, they want to be around it. If these things fail, where's it going to land? Probably on top of people and just getting them to understand like, hey, having an exclusion zone on, I, I remember a while back they had a, an, uh, a campaign on exclusion zones. Yeah. You're not supposed to be in it. You got to be here. Only this person's allowed. And then it just became this kind of, you know, crapshoot because then people just learn the system. Oh, well, I need to be in there hundred percent because I moved. Look, man, you don't got to be in there 100%, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just getting, making that culture change. Like, hey, as soon as it gets off the ground, you grab that tagline from 80 yards away and you just hold on. Why? Because you're just there to make sure it stops swinging. That's all you're doing. You're not here to place the load. That's what the crane's here for. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need to move it, budget into place. That's what the crane's here for. Let the machines do the work. No, I completely agree. Uh, I forgot that was another one that was a. Uh... Kind of a, a, a little bit of a story that I had is <clears throat> um, with taglines. So, right, I think it's probably common in most industries to use taglines. I saw a video the other day where a guy got his ankle wrapped up in the tagline and the crane oh, wow. was a blind pick. And he actually got the, he actually was picking the dude up upside down by his ankle <laughs> and, the, and he actually got pinched. I played it in the safety meeting, but it's a pretty good video I saw on Facebook. I mean, it sucks for the guy. He was okay. He got out right. eventually, but the crane couldn't see that he was lifting a dude up by his ankle, which is not cool. But, um, Making sure that you, when you're using taglines, that they're far enough away from the load. We had a guy a couple years back, I had an incident um, where the they knew to use the tagline, right? It was like a 30 foot tagline or something, but they were picking up a very tall vertical load. It was a ladder that was um, like 20 foot in height. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Like, like, like on a horse head, kind of like walking up. Yeah, so just stairs. think of like a really tall ladder, like a 20 foot ladder tall. And they actually hooked the tagline up, not at the bottom, they hooked it up like in the middle or something like that, which reduces the amount of distance that you're going to be from the load. Right. And what happened was it was a little bit of a blind pick and the top of the ladder actually got caught on something and the crane continued to lift. And what happened is it created like a pendulum and the like bottom of the ladder kicked out. Yeah. Like imagine like it got stuck on the top, yeah. the bottom kicked out and it actually struck an employee in the face and it, 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 it injured him pretty bad. He was pretty uh, badly injured. Um, but it was just like, yeah, he was using the tagline. So he's like, oh, I'm using the full tagline. I'm good. Like, I'm safe. But really, he wasn't safe at no, all. He, he wasn't was even yeah. right there in the line of fire. And so just we had to put in some rules in place after that to say, like, you need to determine what the distance you need to be. With. That's a safe distance. You, you, you have to you, – I hate to say the term because there's no such thing. But you have to make it dummy proof. Yes. You know, you're going to get people that like to – like you said, get comfortable. And like, oh, we've been doing this, you know, hundreds of times, whatever. And it's just that one time. It's that one time. That it gets caught and it uppercuts you. That's yeah. that's when it becomes a huge incident. They become we were talking about this recordables and doctors visits, and it's just a big headache. And yeah. it's, it's this guy sucks. was dealing with surgeries for months. Like it was, it's pretty bad. Like you don't want to have to deal with that. His family had to deal with that. It was a lot. Uh, so yeah, that was a, that was another one. Of yeah, I think I remember hearing about that one. I remember I didn't hear I didn't think it was that bad, but I mean, I mean, you take 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 one on the chin. That's it's it's gonna be hurting for sure. Especially you see it the rest of his life. He has a line there now, like where you can see where it cut his chin. Open. Oh wow. Yeah, cranes cranes are our best friends, but 
at the same time, it's I, I honestly say, like I said, that I always put them with welders because like safety people where we don't, we think our poop don't stink. And so, you know, we're, we're divas just like welders and, and crane operators. And a lot and, of crane operators take pride in being they crane do. Operators. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I mean, and it's funny because it's, I, I'm going to throw this guy under the bus, but I remember one guy we had and one thing I would, I would highly recommend for a lot of people is if you do have cranes within your, within your um, business unit, make sure that you have good hiring practices. And I, I want to say that um, very sternly because I've, I've seen people and we've, that was one thing that we put into place in our, in our, our business unit was that we would have testing. Okay. You can work a crane. Perfect. We would go out and set something that's similar to the NCC um, O test. You know, we'd have the little PVC pipes and, and tennis balls, and you would manip- manipulate the the levers to move some type of object. I forgot what it was maybe like a I think it was a a flange, uh, a five inch flange, and you would just move it across, and you know you would have certain like an times. Course. Yeah, it's like an obstacle course. Show us that yes, you have a certification. Yeah, that's cool. Show us that you can do it. Right, yeah. because a lot of the work, a lot of stuff that my people, most people do is, you know, stuff in parking lots or out in constructions where there's not a whole lot of other stuff. Right, out in the oil field, we have, it's super cluttered. If you've never seen it, go At ahead and these Google Google Bakersfield oil fields, and yeah. you'll see how congested it is. You can hit anything with with any. When people crane. come here from like Texas oil fields, they're yeah. like, what? Like, how do you guys work here? Like, that unit's 10 foot from that other unit. What yeah. are you guys doing? Because yeah, out there, I guess it's spread out, like, it's literally miles like the, sometimes. It's like the Middle East where you can go, you know, 20, 30 miles before you see the next, you know, pumping unit. And ours is, like, 20, 30 feet. You're, you're at like, the you, next pumping you unit. You're driving to Bakersfield, <laughs> and there's pumping units in Bakersfield, actual city limits. Right outside our studio, I think there's probably, like, within like two a or quarter three. mile, there's probably, like, at least three or four in the middle oh, of no, the city. Oh, no, there's more than that. I, yeah. I can, especially a, from here. I think here. there's some in our parking lot, actually. There's one here. There's, like, two across over by my office. There's I know there's one over there by like the by a hotel like it's nuts um what was my point <laughs> i don't know we just got on a tangent we just got on a tangent but um the whole idea is that um test that your operators that's what you when, were talking about when they come in they they uh they say that i've got 30 years la, la, la. okay and we've had guys who couldn't couldn't drive a stick shift i've been you've been an operator for 25 years you don't know how to operate a stick shift no okay and that and that's and that's where we see you know the little faults in people well can you do this can you do that no 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 they're used to working in such a small little narrow field that when it comes to your business it's like everything else right with backhoes any any piece of equipment someone says oh i know how to operate a forklift okay cool was it yeah. in a warehouse? Mm-hmm. Was it out in the streets? Was it what kind you, of forklift? Yeah, it? is it out in the oil fields? Is it a rough terrain? Is it type one, two, three? You know, they're they're all different. Make sure that you're testing your people. At least some type of a minimal. It doesn't have to be you know super comprehensive. Just show me that you can do what you say you can do. Yeah, you know, trust but verify. We've talked about this before. Trust but verify, because if not, that guy's gonna come out. He's gonna be overconfident, and we can talk about that in human performance. He's gonna get overconfident. He's gonna cause an incident. Well, I've been doing this for 15 years. Yeah, but you did it in a warehouse. It's it's a completely different environment than out in rough terrain areas, or or vice versa. You know, I've I've seen a lot of people building scaffolding. And they're not used to working in, you know, pipe corridors or near tanks. And they end up hitting, you know, usually hopefully they hit the pylon. I've had a lot of, you know, forklifts hit pylons, but I've had a couple hit tanks. I know there's a couple of tanks out in L.A. that 
people, you know, put the, the butt end of the uh, forklift into. And you know, obviously we could talk about structural integrity and stuff like that, but I mean, it's, it's a big headache. So making sure that you, you do some kind of testing. Do you, do you, do, do your due diligence, <laughs> do, 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 do your due diligence, you know, make, verify, Hey, you, okay. Show us you can operate this and then watch them struggle. And you're like, Hmm, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And there's so many types of cranes. Like oh, our, yeah. crane, our crane operators can't switch in between our cranes because some of them, like some one of our cranes has two separate computer systems that you have to operate at the same time in order to ma- manipulate like the those. crane. Yeah, so it's it's way different than just some joysticks or something like that. Yeah, I remember I remember seeing the new the new ones. I I mean I I'm not crane certified myself, but I played with cranes for. I don't know, maybe a couple of years. And I always had fun, you know, whenever whenever we do testing, they're like, oh, Joe, you can go ahead and have, you know, 20 minutes on it. Yeah, this is fun. And then they brought out a new one and they had that that two computer system. And dude, it's it's a completely different beast. Mm-hmm. Even even now, heavy equipment's like, going to be like that. Uh, we had some old school like scrapers and uh, motor graders. A lot of the new systems, dude, you can, throw, you can throw a teenager on those things and they'll figure it out because it's just so – it's all joysticks. It's super easy. Hmm. Yeah. Can, we had the, the front loaders too. That was fun. You had the front loaders with the steering wheel and you had the front loaders with the sticks completely different oh, gosh. completely different because you have you have to think in your brain how you're going to do everything because on on a steering wheel you have a steering wheel and then you have your 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 bucket controls yeah right so it's it's easy but here you have to push both joysticks forward to move forward and it's kind of like a almost like a bobcat and then you have to like twist it and do all these weird things with the knobs so that it'll it'll raise the bucket and, and do all this other stuff so that's it, crazy yeah and same same thing we've had guys you know, 15, 20 years. Oh man, I, I run this thing all day. You put them in an old school one, man, Good. they'll run it. They'll run it. Dude, immaculate. You put them mm-hmm. in one of these new ones. They're looking like this, like, uh, like, yes, yeah, bro. This, this is the new, this is the new tech. No, that's a good point for sure. Anything else on cranes before we wrap this thing up? Um, I would just say, like, we've already covered a lot of the yeah. best practices about, you know, making sure that you you extend out your your exclusion zone. Think about crane actual crane failure, not just, you know, isolated slings and weakest link points. Um, Having and a then good rigging training and follow-up stuff. Follow-up stuff, testing, follow-up on your employees that say they can do what they do. And then I think, like we mentioned on this a couple of times, just making sure that, you know, when you're working with a crane, keeping everybody else away from it. Yeah. You know, it, it's just a big sight to see. Space is good. Space space is very good, especially, like you said, you know, electricians. It's all. It's usually not the crane crew. It's everybody around. It's mm-hmm. everybody else that's going to get hurt because the crane crew knows. That a crane operator, I don't care about him. For the most part, other than overhead power lines if as long as that's taken care of they'll feel the crane about to to fit to fail and you know the 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 swamper he'll be fine he'll know oh i need to get out of here it's usually everywhere else those are the people that aren't going to figure it out until it's either coming down or until it's too late yeah i completely agree so i think we're good on cranes uh let's wrap it up with if you guys want to reach out to us the culture of safety at gmail.com yep that is our mailbag our mailbox, our mailbag. email. Back of mail. Uh, you can also hit us up on Facebook or Reddit. And I think that's it. Oh, we didn't go. I thought we were going to make a Tinder. <laughs> that's, you, I'll let you do that. Okay. I'll make a Tinder for everybody. You can left swipe. Right I swipe. No I don't clue, know. I've been on a dating scene for more than nope, 15 I've been years. So for 11 good. years. So. Um, that's it. Uh, have a good day. All right. You guys have a good one. Thanks, guys. Bye.